What you are about to listen to may contain explicit language, adult themes, That's right. and things that may not be suitable for viewers under 18. Listening discretion is strongly advised. This content is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatments. In other words, we're not your motherfucking doctors. Always use best practice guidelines as described by your institutions. Now, on with the show. Oh, shit, I forgot we are recording. <laughs> And I, you know, it, it, some people may see it very geeky and dorky that you know we we talk about this stuff, but it's really because the way these people have changed our hearts and our outlook is why we're so passionate on these things. Welcome to another episode of Respiratory on Ice, where we discuss all things pulmonary critical care while gracefully consuming adult beverages. I'm your host, Justin Phillips, along with my two very good friends, Lance Bangalinan and Rob Bautista. Ooh, that was a real oh. deep, that was like baritone. Very, that was very, very model of you, <laughs> background model of you to little, use that little bit of, little bit of Isaac Hayes. Roberto. Roberto. Late, late night. Roberto. <laughs> Bautista. Smooth jazz. <laughs> fellas, fellas, how are y'all doing? Pretty good, man. Solid, my friend. Always good to be able to log on and talk to you guys and um, yeah. put something out to the community. This is going to be a special edition, cheeky, nice little, nice little short episode because we just wanted to pay special attention and give a shout out to one of the titans in the industry that we lost this year. Indeed, Dr. Bob Kesmarek passed on April first of this year. Titan of the industry, over 300 published articles, multiple lectures, presented at the AARC, crazy amount of awards, one of the first RTs ever to be awarded a professorship at a major institution, hospital, Harvard University. It's just insane the impact that he had on our, that, that he had on our profession. Yeah, re respect to that, man. Um, I mean, if you don't know who he is and you're in the respiratory field... You probably should. And I think all three of us have had the pleasure to actually, if not talk to him, meet with him in person. Yeah. Uh, I think my experiences with with um, Dr. Kesmerick is probably limited compared to you two. Um, I, I, I've met him on a, a very limited basis. Uh, I think the first time I met him was either in San Antonio or... I want to say it was in probably San Antonio or Las Vegas at uh, the AARC conference uh, years ago. Um, and I met him in during the open forum chair session. So if you're not familiar with uh, open forum and you happen to stumble upon this uh, podcast, essentially, if you attend the AARC national conference, you know, the, you, what's nice about um, a, the the larger conferences is you get exposure to very big names in um, the industry. You can walk in and sit in very large conference rooms, you know, thousands and hundreds of people listening to individuals. And then you can kind of stumble upon smaller rooms where there are people <laughs> that are trying to emerge in the profession. Uh, I think that's very, very similar to a lot of other um a lot of other specialties in, in healthcare and, and in medicine where if you go to a larger conference, there are these larger um, 
talks, but you can stumble upon uh, these smaller talks where um, <laughs> nobody's like myself uh, try to try to make a name for yourself, and uh, you know you you present original research. Um, and so my interaction was yeah in the the open forum where I. I don't even remember what I was presenting that year, but essentially, you know, it's a, a nice little hall. You present abstracts that you place to, you know, you put together, you, you, you published and they have moderators that kind of sit in and give some feedback and, and really facilitate a, you know, a conversation with people uh, and whatnot. And then they, they give, you know, their, their own professional, like, input on how to build research and stuff like that. So I, I met uh, Dr. Kaczmarek in open forum because he was uh, sharing a session, I believe, that I was sitting on. Um, it was a very, very brief uh, conversation, you know, as uh, a which is it's it's funny because you know you think about it and he's a very intimidating guy he, he's not no, intimidating he's not <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah exactly he's not in, yeah. like yeah his reputation yeah. is intimidating yeah his reputation is very intimidating and i you know in retrospect when i think about it i'm just like god i've i've read this name like on pretty much anything yeah. that has to do with yeah. respiratory i was just like out of all people to share <laughs> right. this session can, can, you, can you pick someone else um but you know, he came up. He came up to my poster, you know, right before the presentation. We kind of chatted uh, on the research, and he's just—he was a very down-to-earth individual. Uh, gave great constructive feedback. Um, you know, at the time, I was talking to Rich Calais about uh, possibly relocating. You know, like geographically, um, thinking about East Coast and stuff like that, and um, that that conversation kind of spilled over to when I was talking to Dr. Kismarek and he's like, well, you know, if you're ever in Boston, uh, so although he was a very big name and, uh, was very grateful for my brief interaction. Um, it is nice to be able to kind of meet someone who has put their stamp on the profession and has really influenced a lot of people to, become more than a Q4 hour vent check or, uh, you know, treatment or let me run up to the unit, do what I got to do and run back down to the department so I can watch Netflix. It's, it was very, it's very humbling to be able to meet someone like him, but it's also very reassuring that there are individuals like him uh, that were out there or still are out there um, that push people like me and, and, and you two to want to do more in, 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 in this area. Yeah. I, he challenges the field um, to become better. I think one of the things that stood out about impacting our field was, um, and I remember clearly too, um, I believe it was when I was a student, Rob, when we, you and I were students at the Las Vegas conference. Um, and one of the talks that we sat into, and I didn't realize it was such a big talk at the moment was uh i believe is called 2015 and beyond in the respiratory care field and what it addressed um yep. and it was you know bob robert kazmarek dr kazmarek sharing it um along with a lot of the champions in the aarc um with tons and tons of people in the room a lot what he talked about was moving the field forward 
And he envisioned that respiratory become a baccalaureate um, degree, uh, baccalaureate in science degree yeah. as uh, a staple in our field, as opposed to, um, I mean, what it is till this day, right, I believe. So AS, AS currently for entry to practice, but what they wanted was a baccalaureate or a BS for entry to practice. Yeah. Yeah. So for him to put a staple on that or not a staple, but like to champion it going forward, um, you know, being a student there, just about to graduate, hearing this guy talk about our field being so big, um, it opened my eyes as, as a student in respiratory and got me really excited. I mean, uh, similar to Justin, one of my interactions with him was uh, both at the open forum. And when I was uh, standing by my poster, um, just like Justin said, this guy with a big name and and you don't know what he's going to say to you. And he's walking towards your poster. And um, what he, I must've looked really nervous at the time. So he said some reassuring things. I presented my, um, my abstract for the few minutes that I had and it went well. He asked me the questions he asked. He um, had some good insight and I learned from him. Um, like Justin said, very, very, very nice guy. <laughs> Yeah, my interactions with him were slightly different because they did stem from my time as a student. It was the 2011 Tahoe Conference hosted by uh, the CSRC G-Bar area, Greater Bay Area region. And he was one he was like pretty much the headline speaker because we that year was actually one of the best years of Tahoe Conference because the speakers were Dana Oaks, Gary Neiman, John Moraney, and Bob Kismarek. Three in three crazy titans of the industry in Neiman, Marini, and uh, Kismarek with all the research they've done. But Kismarek was the only one that came from a respiratory background. Neiman's a researcher, and um, John Marini's a pulmonologist. But to see Kismarek standing on his own with those two, it's insane. So lucky enough, um, myself and uh, my classmate, Amilcar, we volunteered to drive speakers from the Reno airport to Tahoe. And for those of you that don't know, that's an hour drive through the mountains. It was snowy and scary as hell. But after speaking to Dr. Kismarek throughout the entire time, he had dinner with us. Like me and Amilcar were just students at the time and we're barely graduating. But he would he took the time out to speak to us and we we talked a bunch about respiratory. And then as we were driving him back to to the Reno airport after the conference, we had one entire hour just with me, Milkar, and Dr. Kazmarek on our own just to talk about whatever. We get into the we get into my car and he tells us we're like like we're like just awestruck. We're like fanboys at this time, almost like how Lance is with uh, Ewan Gallagher. But <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's a smart guy. He, great lectures. He is awesome. <laughs> and his research on diaphragmatic dysfunction is insanely good. Yeah. But so we have this entire hour with him. We talk a little bit about respiratory. And then he goes, hey, guys, do you mind? Can we just stop right here? He goes. From, the, from this point on, which was about like 10 minutes into the drive, he goes, from this moment on, nothing respiratory. He goes, I just want to talk about life. Oh, that's cool. 
He goes, is that okay with you guys? We were like, oh, yeah, that's that's totally awesome. We just talk about growing up and then just our other interests. Totally cool guy just talking about his family, like how he has, was it, three kids and all the different things he did and how proud he is of his kids and then just the, all the different stuff, how he travels the world. It's just an awesome guy. And from that point on, every other conference that I would see him at, whether it's AARC, speaking at our state conference at the CSRC, he still remembered me and talked to me about it. He was just like, hey, I remember you at Tahoe. You're the driver. <laughs> I was like, sweet. I was like, at least I'm being remembered for something. <laughs> right, there's a lot of faces. I'm sure he sees that. Every, well, not even just conferences, just even where he works is a massive place. Yeah. And, and, and again, like me, Justin, and Lance, we always talk about, we're lucky with the network and the people that we're surrounded by because two of his good friends that he always talked to in every AARC, they would have dinner together. One is Rich Calais, and his other person that he would have dinner with is Mike Madison. They're very close friends with him. Mike Madison being uh, the former president of the CSRC. So every time we would see them, I would we would just be talking to various people, and then here he come, pop up, talk to us, just sit down, down to earth person, love to talk about anything, sometimes respiratory, and then sometimes just about how you're doing. Like what type of, are you still in school? Because he was a huge advocate in continuing education. As Lance said, he was one of the primary people in AARC's plan for 2015 and beyond, making everything minimum of baccalaureate three entry to practice. Um, if you read the articles, they're great. One, uh, the one on Dean Hess and respiratory care, as well as um, AARC, they made the announcement as well. Him talking about, with all these various people talking about, he was the first one to make sure everyone in his department was an RRT minimum, making sure that people that weren't RRTs, he gave them like practice courses or he gave them courses on how to pass the exam. Is just all the different things he's done and how nice of a person he was is just our industry lost a lot. Our profession lost a lot when he passed. He's the guy who'd be the one that, you know, the respiratory community would lean on, right? I I remember um seeing the um what's that called? Uh when COVID hit and New York went down um had this big old surge and the thought of splitting of the ventilators came up. Um, who better the call Bob Kazmarek. And to me that speaks wholly as a respiratory therapist that I can have impact. And that's what Bob Kazmarek does to our field. He helps us realize that, you know, we, we can do more than just around the clock treatments and ventil vent checks. You can be if you'd like. <laughs> You know, there's uh, there's always a well. I won't say there's always. Currently, there's a space for that. <laughs> um, but what I think outside of you know remembering an individual uh, who has touched the lives of many patients and many colleagues, um, it really highlights that one. Although, yeah, the, you know, the, the barrier to entry to healthcare for a lot of allied health is fairly low. Um, the reality is your path is what you make of it. Uh, you can currently in 
2021 be a registered respiratory therapist and in some places still be a certified respiratory therapist and get away with doing the bare minimum and that is okay um but for people who find themselves in very deep soul searching moments of what am i going to do because this is i've mastered this uh, people like dr kazmerick really highlights the fact that you are not defined by whatever your current job role is. You know, yes, you're a respiratory therapist and you do net treatments, but beyond that, you can do whatever you want, right? Remember, he was a respiratory therapist that talked in the arena of very distinguished physicians and stuff like that uh, and made a name for himself. He was a professor of anesthesia at Harvard Medical oh, School. That's impressive. Sheesh. Talk about batting above your batting <laughs> above your title. He's like <laughs> that man, he was out of the box. Yeah. So anytime you're you're really soul searching and looking for a reason why, I, I think if you if you look to individuals like Dr. Kazmarek and all the other individuals that are that he's influenced that are out there and are doing these things. You could do research. You can build a pulmonary clinic. You could do whatever the fuck you want to do. Right. And really change the way we deliver care. And, and don't limit yourself. If you ask yourself, if you tell yourself, how can I, if I'm stuck doing these treatments in this institution, figure it out. Exactly. I, I know a therapist who, been a therapist for over 30 years and he's jumped around from institution to institution from different parts of the country and go um, somewhere else until he's actually found a place that he really loves and finds passion with and to me um i admire that i mean he's in the profession he wants to be in and he finally found a spot that he can um progress to be what he wants to be after 30 plus years in in this profession um, so no, you're not limited. Get out there. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, uh, it, it's, I, I think back to like last year, we did an interview with Brady Scott. And one of the things that I, I vividly remember to this day is when you look at some of your staff and, and colleagues and stuff like that, you know, how do you, there, there are some people that just have to work a job. There are some people that have to work a job. Uh, there are some people that truly believe like this is what you're going to do. You're going to go and give NEB treatments. You're going to turn the dial the exact way someone tells you to turn the dial. Um, and people are content with that. Uh, and there are, uh, uh, there's a portion of people who aren't necessarily keen on the possibilities. And one of the things that still rings with me from that conversation is, you know, a big part of being able to provide education and influence people is being able to change the way that they look at the profession. Right. And, and, and for some people, it's almost a change of heart, right? It, people are like, I've done it for 40 years this way. I've done it for 30 years this way. I've done it for 10 years this way. I'm trying to get to the pension. I'm trying to get to the next step increase. I'm trying to get 
you know, the next job opportunity. Remember, like when you are trying to impact change or influence change or impact individuals, like the way that Dr. Kazmarek, the way that Brady Scott, the way that, you know, Rich Calais and anyone else feels about the profession, you have to change the heart. And, uh, you know, it, it, some people may see it very geeky and dorky that, you know, we, we talk about this stuff, but it's really because the way these people have changed our hearts and our outlook is why we're so passionate on these things. And I, I wasn't part of that um, interview that you guys did with the great. That was by design. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, we're going to do the first episode without Lance. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways i like i was saying i wasn't part of that but uh it was a really great interview you got that you guys had with him such passion that he had and i think one of the things that resonated with me if there is this um wall how do you make an impact how do you make that change and and he goes, how do you as a person going to make effort to make it better? That is very Bob, Ma- Bob Kazmarek-esque in terms of let's change things. So people like him um, and other therapists out there, like you mentioned Rich Calais or uh, the younger therapists like Tom Perino out there making changes and efforts. Um, that, that sticks to me. Yeah. The, the wall that we created for ourselves – it doesn't define you, you know, and, and that, and that is what I've learned from these individuals. When people see that wall is how do you, how are you, how are you going to approach it? Some people want to go over the wall. Some people want to go around the wall. Some people want to ram right through the Talk wall. About a all right morpheus shit (laughs) Uh, are we gonna go all the way into the matrix and say is there really a wall there to begin with but that that's the thing is like dr kismaric started in respiratory ended in respiratory but did so many things in between he was a director he was an educator he was a lecturer he did everything under the sun when it came to respiratory. That man was amazing. Yeah. And he's not just a name on the book, Egan, but I mean, he really was also. So uh, a lot of it, I mean, I learned through him, right? As If you picked up Egan or um, one of those types of books, his name is probably stapled into any one of those chapters. Um, he's impacted all of us in the respiratory care field. He's impacted the three of us for sure. We could sit here and chat all afternoon. Uh, And I know there are tons of people that he's influenced out in the field. I know that his, uh, his, uh, you know, his professional family at at, at MaskGen is feeling it from the therapists to the physician staff to the nursing staff and everyone in between. And for that, uh, you know, we truly thank the, contributions that he has done for everyone across the board. Uh, and so to that, we will have a cheeky to the good old respiratory care profession Indeed. and to Dr. Kazmarek. Condolences to the family, to the profession, and we celebrate you, sir. Salute to Dr. Kazmarek. Well, that was a great one. Yeah. 
little more somber, but as to for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> and on that note, that has been another cheeky on respiratory and ice. I'm Justin Phillips. I'm Lance Bangalinan. Rob Bautista. We'll catch you next time and have a great weekend, I guess. I don't know what today is. <laughs> I don't know what today is either. We'll catch you next time. <laughs>